Hello and welcome. You are listening to Onshow, the Louvre Abu Dhabi podcast that takes you on a tour. I am your host, Marine Botton, and today we are visiting the exhibition Cartier, Islamic Inspiration and Modern Design with Farera Kinzi, Senior Curatorial Assistant at the Louvre Abu Dhabi. Through the lens of Cartier's creations, we will see how the Islamic arts became a major source of inspiration for Western designers as the world stepped into modernity at the turn of the 20th century. From masterpieces of the Islamic arts to design sketches made in Cartier's workshops and finally to magnificent pieces of jewelry, dive with us into the mind of Cartier's designers and discover how this Islamic inspiration lives on today. Fahira Al-Kindi, thank you very much for taking us in this short tour of our new exhibition, Cartier, Islamic Inspiration and Modern Design. To start off, let's say a word to introduce the exhibition. What can we expect to see? Uh, thank you, Marine. I think we are very excited to finally open this exhibition to the public. Uh, it's been a lot of work and a lot of research uh, prior to this. Uh, so the exhibition, actually, the bigger picture about the exhibition is that It gives you the uh, taste of the time, uh, early 20th century Paris and Europe in general. Uh, and it shows the, how um, the arrival of the Islamic arts and the fascination with this new visual repertoire uh, affected the decorative arts in general, as well as design. And here, through the lens of the Cartier jewelry pieces, we'll see this full story. So, as you said, uh, we get a taste of Paris at the turn of the 20th century, and the first one is actually about that. But uh, what I'd like to do is to move directly to the next and look at our first set of uh, pieces by Cartier. We have uh, a tiara, we have chokers, we have brooches. So, and these pieces really show what Cartier House is making at that moment in time. Exactly, Marine. So on the right side, you have pieces that are quite extravagant, extremely beautiful, quite extravagant in terms of ornamentation, uh, quite charged. And um, the space of the piece is fully covered with beautiful scroll work. And at this moment in time, uh, these pieces are inspired by um, 18th century uh, Parisian uh, decor. And on the left side, you're also um, faced with pieces that are more simplistic. Again, we see the same scroll work elements still evident and still apparent. But it's more geometric. That's exactly uh, what's different here. The geometric motifs here were used and produced at the same time as those pieces of Guerlain style were produced uh, early on in um, 1904. Uh, these uh, geometric motifs appeared uh, in Cartier jewelry. And then the story we're telling throughout this exhibition is why those appeared, where are they coming from? We think they're coming from the Islamic arts. So let's discover the sources through the library of Louis Cartier. And maybe just before we dive into the sources of inspiration that were available to the workshop and so on, let's just say a word about the Cartier family, because Cartier is, of course, a world-famous brand, but it's first a family name and it's a family business. So who are the key figures and characters? Uh, the key figures that uh, were really pivotal throughout this journey that's been um, like displayed and seen through the artworks here is the three brothers. So we have Louis, who was responsible of the design house and the um, direction of the design. We had okay. Pierre, who was uh, more or less the, the business mind in yeah. the house. And we had Jacques, and he was uh, important in bringing in Indian influences into the Cartier world, where he traveled to India in 1911, and he passed through this region as well. 
But even before them, the house started with uh, Louis François Cartier, and mm, then Alfred, the founder. Yes, and then uh, Alfred, who's uh, their father. And it's important to know uh, that Cartier was not just um, the house of jewelry. It was also initially um, they dealt with antiques, they dealt with artworks as well. So this having that um, as a background will make us understand how they've connected and assembled connections themselves, and how this was open to their ateliers. Uh, and how art was important uh, through this visual uh, research that they've carried out. And so uh, the next three sections of the exhibition are really exploring the main source of inspiration, what were available to the atelier, the workshops, uh, the designers of the house. So inspiration number one is the library itself of the Cartier House. What did they have? Like, what kind of books? That's true, Marilyn. I mean, the design process that was carried out in Cartier was one that was uh, an educated or researched uh, design process. Mm. So they relied on uh, original sources, uh, artworks or books or that were available through this time. So Louis Cartier uh, had assembled... Um, we don't know if this library actually started with Louis Cartier or even before him. Mm. But Louis Cartier was pivotal in um, increasing the number of uh, sources available to his workshops. These libraries were within the, the workshop uh, building. So right next to the makers. Exactly. Sense. So that was uh, quite intentional, um, apparently. And we see uh, the drawings. Uh, here we face Marine with the books themselves. There were important books um, published at this time from the end of 19th century and beginning of the 20th. So in these books, we have illustrations of Islamic artworks, Islamic motifs, in-depth studies of the motifs themselves. Mm. And we see the, um, through these, um, a search through the archives, whether it's through Cartier archives or the Petit Palais archive, we see sketches, design sketches of these for these jewelry pieces. Mm. So through these drawings you see in front of you in green or in pencil on, on these paper, pieces, we see um, the thought process in the ateliers. So we get into the head of the designer, how they got inspired to create designs and, and pieces. So after the books, let's have a look at the inspiration number two, which is the collection coming and that were on display within the French Museum, the Parisian Museums. And there were like a variety of pieces from the Islamic world in the wider sense. At this time, designers and artists had available to them uh, exhibitions or collections that were available in Paris uh, at museums. So they confronted PR artworks themselves. So um, instead of images and books, now they've seen the artworks. Mm. And there were many uh, collections that were available to them. There was, for instance, the collections of the Louvre, the collections of the Musée des Arts Décoratifs in Paris, and the Musée of Cligny with the, their collection of Isnik um, ceramics. So these uh, objects were quite more or less widely available for them to confront, to see, to be inspired from. And so here we have really a visual demonstration showing some of these pieces, like an ethnic uh, plate, an Iranian plate, or a tile works, or even a bronze figurine showing uh, in the shape of a falcon, and then the drawings, and then some of the Cartier's collections. So these uh, pieces they were inspired by all types of um, Islamic artworks, all types of period without... Uh, prejudice or uh, um, favoring a certain uh, topology or period. And also in front of us, uh, Marine, what's interesting is that now we're, we're starting to see the full process. So from Islamic inspiration to the mind of the designer through the sketches, 
and how they reinterpreted that into um, a Cartier piece in the end. So it's really an adaptation of the motifs that they've seen. Yeah, so the pieces were not direct imitations or replicas of the of the Islamic motifs, but they were they were rethought uh, and recontextualized on new objects and. Um, So source of inspiration number three, the private collection of the Cartier family. What um, type of objects were they collecting? Um, so um, coming back to their origin of the house, they were also um, dealing with uh, artworks and antiques. And then this continued with Le Cartier and his own collection of Islamic arts, including many other types of, of art, not just purely Islamic. The collection of Le Cartier, we... We don't really know the, the extent of his collecting because it wasn't really documented. However, he has lent out works to museums and that is one of the sources of information we have and we try to accumulate to understand what he once collected. And from such information, uh, we've uh, kind of accumulated here in front of you a small um, glimpse of what he collected. And as you see in front of you, the pieces are not just purely a fascination on miniatures, but one of metalwork. Book bindings, for instance, have, uh, were seen on, on, the, on the Cartier pieces. And daggers. And so there is also this uh, beautiful pen case that is ornamented like, on all of its sides. And to see actually under the pen case, which has also a number of patterns, there's a mirror where we can see uh, precisely those, uh, those designs. This, uh, the mirror uh, here is intentional because uh, the motifs uh, that are taken from this pen case are the ones we see in the mirror which are actually at the bottom of the, of the pen case. We see a number of medallions, some with a black background and others with the ivory, being, uh, the ivory material being the background. And here facing you, you see drawings of the same exact motifs. Mm. And here we see the reuse of the exact same motif on this um, vanity case by the Cartier um, workshops. So again, we see the whole process, this time from an object that was from the Cartier collection, that inspired the um, designers to reproduce those precise motifs and that uh, end up on this beautiful vanity case uh, by Cartier. And this is not the only example. I mean, this was often done. And we, all, we also see in the archives um, even transfers where they've placed uh, transfer paper on the object and transferred the composition of the object. Directly. Exactly, to have it as reference when they design later on. Uh, which is, I mean, wonderful to have. Um, which shows, I mean, the, uh, the interest of Le Cartier in... Uh, and ha opening his own collection to the workshops, which is really wonderful. And now maybe from this uh, room displaying the Cartier's collection of Islamic art, there is a side room painted blue, in dark blue, and indeed it's about color, the colors of Louis Cartier. What are those colors? So Marine, I welcome you now to Samarkand. <laughs> uh, we are in the Rajasthan Square. Here facing us are, I think it's quite evident to understand what the inspiration here. We're facing with these beautiful Timurid uh, uh, architectural facades and faced with a beautiful showcase of the same color. Mm -hmm. So here the inspiration is color. The, in the Islamic arts, when they um, were first confronted by um, European publics, the ornaments, the motifs were, uh, were, uh, were used as well as the colors and the color palettes that were um, new to, to, to that milieu. Uh, so here we have uh, lapis lazuli um, uh, mixed with uh, turquoise, mixed with emeralds. So this color combination uh, of blue and green uh, was brought in by the Cartier house. And what's interesting is that 
not only was new, but it was also quite a bold move to introduce this combination of blue and greens because apparently it was kind of frowned upon in the designer milieu uh, of Paris at that time. It was thought to be just distasteful to mix such two colors. Um, was it a hit? I believe so. I believe it was a hit because many of the um, productions uh, continue to create such a uh, combination of colors. Let's continue our journey. We're coming back to the main path, but before turning around, we will go in the middle of the exhibition. The exhibition is shaped a bit like a U, and at the, right at the center, there is this spectacular space. So within this captivating and monumental space, Marine, were faced by examples of such motifs that were um, introduced to the Cartier repertoire and were used uh, several times uh, throughout their history. And this takes place in this magnificent space. We have this very long showcase that plays also with volume. So a long table, it's like a, a study table in a way because each part is divided by a motif. And indeed the, the room is called the lexicon of forms. And each of them we see Uh, mandola, we see uh, scrolls, we see all types of shapes and motifs that inspired uh, Cartier, and it's really a visual demonstration. I think you put it perfectly, Marine. It's exactly that. It's uh, the study table is allowing us to get into the thought process of the designers with um, solid examples of such use of uh, Islamic motifs into the objects. So, as you see in front of you, you'll have the Islamic artworks. However, these are not the exact pieces they've used, but examples of, of similar, of the same typology of pieces they've used. Um, one of um, my favorites is the book bindings, as well as the scroll work. Uh, so Let's here, have a look. Exactly. So um, here we have uh, vanity cases, cigarette cases throughout the Cartier productions that were, had, were uh, enrobed in uh, such scroll work. Mm. I mean... Uh, Scroll work or botanical compositions are one of the um, pillars of Islamic uh, decoration. Yeah. Uh, and facing you, you'll have this ivory um, plaque from the Louvre Abu Dhabi collection. And behind the inscription. Yeah, it has an inscription, but behind, like a bit hidden, we find the scroll work. Exactly. Um, so uh, such compositions were seen throughout the Islamic artworks, whether in the art of the book, in architecture, uh, or other objects. And we see them here uh, used uh, on the Cartier objects. Right. And maybe to mention that we have these beautiful cigarette cases, but right above, we have uh, this spectacular display of a tiara, also showing those scroll works, but this time in a, in a different uh, material. Yes. Again. So um, this um, relief on uh, rock crystal we see in front of us on this Jadam uh, Marian is one that um, was actually... Um, linked to one of Owen Jones's um, illustrations on the book. So it's exactly the same lines, the exact same design. Mm. Uh, so here we see the exact inspiration from, yeah. from, from publication uh, to object. To the final piece. And um, it's also important to know that such scroll work with these jumping gazelles was quite um, widely used during this period on the decorative arts, on um, fashion, Uh, as we've seen on the, in the first room, on the jacket, for instance, it's the exact same motif. Yeah, really, the inspiration from the Islamic art and those patterns and those colors bleed onto all of the artistic creation, really, at the time. Sure. sure.
Let's continue our journey. Now we are at the halfway mark of the exhibition. And this is quite an important moment. The section is called Jack Cartier's Journey to India. So, I mean, at this moment in time, we know that Cartier has several branches, right? There's, of course, Paris, but also New York City and London. Jacques. He's in London. Yes. But he's not staying in London. Yes. Uh, so Jacques was responsible of the London branch, but um, what we're speaking about in this room as well, Marine, is, um, is that they were not just uh, relying on um, what was coming into Paris. They were also um, going farther to find inspiration. And Jacques' travels to India, for instance, is an example of that. What was the reason for Jacques Cartier's uh, travel uh, to India? Not just India, by the way, but also in the Gulf region, too, right? Uh, Jacques Cartier traveled in 1911. Uh, the main purpose was um, to um, attend the uh, Durbar of Delhi, which was the, uh, for the occasion of the coronation of uh, King George V as Emperor of, uh, of India. Hey. And it was an, also an opportunity for him to meet uh, new clients, to meet new Maharajas. And uh, facing us are uh, images of such um, occasions, uh, of such uh, encounters as well. So he went all, all around India, uh, from Delhi to, to Agra to Jaipur, and he passed by again, um, starting from Marseille and Fort Said, and then coming back to the region. He's been to Masqat, Dubai as a stop, and he went to Bahrain for pearls. But he didn't end up buying the pearls because the, um, the trade was through uh, Indian merchants, which mm. um, uh, until, until the monopoly. Exactly. So until later on, uh, the, the direct purchase would not happen except through the Indian merchants. So what was the outcome of these travels? The outcome of these travels, he's met the Maharajas, he's come back, he's uh, seen uh, Indian Mughal jewelry or contemporary jewelry at the time. Uh, he's seen um, stones, for instance, engraved emeralds, and he's brought them back. And we, then um, from this trip, we see these pieces coming back to the house. And uh, facing us on the left side, Marine, is uh, um, photographs, archival photography of the pieces uh, he's brought back. Uh, we don't know where most of them are, to be honest. Just a few are, um, are known to us uh, in terms of uh, where, where they are located today. One of them uh, is on uh, the central showcase on the left side. And so the Indian uh, influence is indeed major in the Cartier creation. And we see, for instance, a magnificent piece just at the exit of uh, this room about Cartier's uh, travels, which is a turban pin. Yes. So this aigrette is a really magnificent piece in terms of uh, jewelry making, in terms of material. But it also signifies um, how... Um, the relations um, with the Maharajas was um, very strong with Cartier. Because this is a Cartier creation for an Indian Maharaja. Mm. So this piece um, was actually created, and you can notice, uh, Marine, here that the, the, the form itself is uh, inspired by um, the Indian agrets that were usually uh, used. It really looks like a piece of jewelry topped by feathers, but everything is in diamonds. As in diamonds and platinum which was uh, much lighter than the usual gold that was, uh, that was worn. And um, crowning that is a beautiful uh, cognac diamond. So moving on to the next few sections, we see how the Indian influence is so important within Cartier's creation. First of all, through the use of colored stone, but not in any fashion really, engraved ones, Hello. which was really unusual in Europe at that time. Exactly. So here, uh, this, um, I mean, the relief and the work on the stones was something that was um, 
and Indian technique. And Carte continued um, to bring in the emeralds from, uh, from India and they've never actually, or at least in my understanding, they've never actually recreated that themselves. So the next room is dedicated to another technique, the use of après. So first of all, what are après? It's a French word. What It's a it? very technical French word that is actually hard to, uh, to contextualize. So après um, and jewelry making are the usual elements that are created in series or in... Uh, in big numbers, that's for instance, the clasps or the elements that um, are, are used in, in, um, in different elements of, of jewelry making. But here they take a bit of a different meaning. Right? Exactly, Marie. So here they take a bit of a different meaning uh, at the Cartier uh, Maison. Here um, we speak about uh, actual elements, of whether of Islamic art uh, elements or elements coming from India. Uh, animaled elements, uh, textiles, uh, miniatures even, that were reused um, uh, on objects, uh, whether as central motifs or overall uh, compositions. So it's really the use of these, for instance, miniatures that are literally cut out from their original page or enamels that are disassembled and reassembled to create a new Exactly. Within the quartier. Yeah. Hearing that um, miniatures were cut out, I'm sure we, all, we might all frown today. However, we need to understand that um, Louis Cartier as a collector wasn't, uh, was a lover of the art of the book. So we don't think he actually did that, but he actually purchased those elements already uh, cut out ah. and then reutilized uh, them. Yeah, and in the showcase that we pass by, we see uh, several uh, examples of this use of miniature, but also some pieces of ceramic and enamels, or even some inspirations from the textile uh, world with those like uh, pouches. Now moving on to uh, the second to last section, mm -hmm. we discover a new figure within the Cartier creation, uh, Jeanne Toussaint. She's uh, the designer from the 30s. So Jeanne Toussaint um, was there before the 30s, but then uh, she was pivotal in the design um, of the house from 1933 as Louis Cartier um, leaves. So here, uh, Jeanne Toussaint comes back to the Islamic motifs. And when we say Islamic motifs, we talk about a wide span of geography of time. So here, within that, we speak about um, uh, India as well. On our right side, um, Marine, we see uh, Indian compositions. Uh, I mean, the volumes, uh, the silhouettes, the, um, the shapes are, are purely Indian. And we see it through the accumulation of pearls and element, small elements that are all brought together to create those yeah, volumes and uh, this sense of uh, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. And then here um, we see on the left side is a purely Cartier creation. Uh, so this creation is in uh, what was called the later called the tutti frutti. So here it is the uh, the mixing of colors that uh, we think is inspired by the Kundan technique, which is um, encrusting um, jade with precious stones. Yeah. But here without the jade, just the stones. Uh, and it's a combination, a harmony again of the green and the blues, but also uh, rubies, right? True. Red rubies. Uh, sapphires, which are blue, and emeralds, uh, which are green. And usually in India, you, you wouldn't often see sapphires, actually. This was an addition by, by the Cartier house. Um, and it's using the uh, type of uh, stones that we've seen before, this uh, 
carved, almost sculpted uh, gems that we've seen in the Indian world previously. So we see these um, objects that are shaped like leaves, like flowers, or engraved uh, uh, on the surface. Uh, so this piece, uh, many of these pieces actually um, were once uh, owned by emblematic figures. This one, for instance, is, uh, was once owned by Daisy Fellows, an important social lead that was uh, a fashion icon at the moment. So what else is new about Jeanne Toussaint's design in terms of motifs, in terms of colors? So Jeanne Toussaint um, wasn't just influenced by India. She was influenced by uh, Islamic motifs again, as we see them again here appearing. And equally, um, we think of, uh, for instance, of ancient Egyptian pieces, of Amazigh pieces as well. So from Northern Africa? From North Africa. So here we have a headpiece uh, uh, from the Kebrandi collection. This, is, uh, this Amazigh piece is, um, is made out of um, silver. And we see the motifs, you see the marine, the triangular motifs that are reused again uh, in her creations uh, of Jean Toussaint that were produced in the 60s and 70s. And here, I mean, facing this showcase, you notice the, the types of volumes are different, the types of scale of, of the uh, objects is different as well uh, during this period, later period. And now we are moving on to our last section. This section is really a testimony of how the motifs, the patterns, the color, the techniques that we've seen so far coming from the Islamic world infused so much into Cartier's design and DNA that it continues today. And we are surrounded by a beautiful set of pieces that are all, I think, from the early 2000s. Uh -huh. And facing us, a spectacular display, maybe the most spectacular of the exhibition. What are we looking at? Um, as you see, Marine, we are, our eyes are attracted to this showcase. It's a moving showcase. Uh, so it um, replicates, uh, it's, we call it the breathing showcase. It replicates and shows how the structure is very malleable and very adapted to the human body, uh, which is um, an ingenuine um, design and structure on its own. But what's also important about this uh, necklace is um, portrays that geometric motifs continue until now. And the line and the thread of inspiration that started in the uh, late uh, 19th to this day still exists. Yeah, and here we see a very modern interpretation on this necklace because it, it, those are like many, many hexagons, so like uh, six uh, side uh, shapes, but they almost look like molecules, although the inspiration was probably much more from the Islamic motifs, like the tile work, for instance, that we know in mosques and so many other productions. True. I mean, uh, you can imagine how this... Uh, this, this composition can go infinitely because of these initial hexagons. Would you like to say a final word to complete our journey? Uh, so this section uh, portrays that such lines uh, or thread of influence that started in the 19th century continues to this day. So we have um, the tutti frutti, the compositions of uh, and palettes continues to this day from India. The use of emeralds also is still in circulation, as well as the Islamic motifs. Uh, that were, um, fascin were a fascination uh, early on. What should the visitors remember from this exhibition? Um, I think this exhibition is, is an example of uh, how uh, the repercussions of the arrival of the Islamic arts and the growth of the um, Islamic art markets in Paris early on had an effect on designers. 
And here we see that through the lens of the Cartier jewelry. Uh, but remember that such uh, influences continued throughout different fields uh, within the arts that are evident uh, elsewhere as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Aïd. This was an episode of Onshow, the Louvre Abu Dhabi podcast that takes you on a tour. You can visit the exhibition Cartier, Islamic Inspiration and Modern Design at the Louvre Abu Dhabi from the 16th of November 2023 to the 24th of March 2024. Onshow is now available on all your favorite podcast platforms in English, Arabic and French. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your friends and community and leaving us a review. Onshow is produced by the Louvre Abu Dhabi. Executive producers Amin Rachaj and Marine Botton. Recording by Amin Rachaj. Post-production, music and mixing by Making Waves. A special thanks to our guest Pahar Al-Kindi for her kind participation to this episode and to the team of France Museums for their support. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episodes.